This is All Things Podcast. I'm Brittany. I'm Francesca. And we're back today and we're resuming our reviews of the OG series. Yes. Now, initial thoughts. I texted you last night. Holy shit, this show is like totally different than Gen Q. It's been a while since I watched like an earlier season of the OG episode and wow. Yeah, it's a completely different joke. Gen Q could never. No, they could never. And they can't, they just, they would never. (laughs) No, I was, when, when I was watching, I made one, I was like thinking there was a scene with Jenny and the woman that she was like dating at the time. I forgot her name now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, Gen Q could never spend this much time on one character. No. Mm-mm. Which is like bizarre to me because the episodes are the same amount of time. Yet I feel like the scenes in the OG are much longer. Yeah. Well, and I think like purposeful, is it the right word to use? I don't know. I feel like they just utilized they've always utilized their time better and they never tried to like fit like granted there was a lot of storylines in the OG but I never like recall watching an episode and being like wow that was just jam-packed full of nonsense information because Where- in Gen Q they can't seem to tell a story in an episode they can't seem to get us anywhere in the episode it's like it's just okay that happened that happened ha- that happened and then finally we get somewhere we're in the OG every episode everyone's storyline progressed yeah yeah exactly what I did notice also with this episode is that you know when we we'll get into it but like there's a shot of Tina with Joyce and then they break that scene up by cutting to Alice and Shane talking about Tina with Joyce and then they cut back to Tina and Joyce the editing I think is also just a lot smarter in the OG yeah I agree yeah um so yeah so where we are at this point in the series is that we have um a few different things going on we have jenny in this uh i think her name is robin oh yeah robin robin yeah tying up some loose ends with that relationship tina gets a lawyer on like advice from alice Beck gets really pissed at that shane and carmen are in like the very early stages of their very uh dynamic relationship mm-hmm. <laughs> and um we see kit uh trying to purchase the planet um yeah with the assistance of ivan so the episode opened up with the flashback from robin and how she was got cheated on on her wedding day by her um, wife and that kind of set the precedence for what we see later in the episode um yeah I really like the interaction that we see next between Tina and Joyce. Um, I am a pretty big fan of, um, what is her name? Jane Lynch. Thank you. (laughs) Why did I want to say Jane Fonda? I knew that wasn't right. (laughs) Um, And I think that this is like when we, we just start seeing a different side of Tina in season two. Yeah, I made a note. I made a note and I, I'm very much on the side of like with Shane and the whole thing of like, why did Tina have to go see a lawyer? Like, but, and it's like Tina probably should have, because I think Joyce makes a lot of great points that like Tina literally is nothing. Yeah. And, but I think also 
as a viewer, we could see every side of it all. Like Bet would never have said no to giving her anything that she needed, but Tina needed to see, I think it was important for Tina to see Joyce to, to weigh out her options. Um, and Joyce does help Tina build the confidence that she needs that she kind of lost throughout her relationship with Bet when she let Bet kind of like take over and do anything, which also I think can contribute to the fact that it was Tina's first same sex relationship. And I think in some way we're very used to, I think in straight relationships, people are very used to men kind of taking the reins on things traditionally. Mm -hmm. And then in a same sex relationship, Tina kind of allowed Bet to do that as well. Yeah. Um, and I don't think Bet did it for any reason other than smothering of love and affection. And she does like control, obviously, like we, we can't deny that. But I, I think sometimes when Joy, I don't think she ever did it in a, in a way of like, she wanted to completely, I don't think she thought, sub, I think, I don't think it was conscious of that be like, I'm doing this to control Tina because I'm a psychopath and I just want to control Tina. No, I think she did it because she thought that was like a good way to love someone, which I think has a lot to do with Melvin because I feel like Melvin controlled Bet as a way to love her. Mm -hmm. So Bet just did it in that sense. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, you know, Joyce helped Tina realize what did she actually want and I do love that Joyce is like well do you want to get back with that like what like because wh where, where are you going with this like you know is it is it done for good or like do you plan on you know getting back with this person and I think Joyce makes a lot of great points but I do always kind of side with the shame of like I think they could have figured it out on their own but it makes complete sense that Tina did go to Joyce and I think it did help her character growth yeah I agree I agree I think that Tina is just in a very um unique position right now because I don't think she obviously never thought that this was going to happen she she always thought it was going to be her and bet so her whole life has just kind of been uprooted you know mm -hmm. she doesn't want this any more than anyone else did it's not like she's out seeking revenge um yeah. she's just kind of lost she is she's like so sweet and soft and naive and lost and like her whole world really was turned upside down like I think she's still in disbelief yeah and but she's also angry she's she yeah, is angry there's a lot of hurt there that yeah she's just like had to focus on what she's going to do about where is she going to live and where does she move forward from here versus like the actual heartbreak of it all yeah and then back to this weird issue with timeline always with the show like five months ago she says that she had a miscarriage i don't know it's just so weird this whole timeline between season one and two and the og always confuses me yeah I think but it really was only five months I think that I, I think people think it's longer because I think between seasons you wait like a year you have to wait so much time for new episodes but like the storyline can take place it was only five months later so yeah. that's when when Ben and Tina were originally separated they weren't actually separated for that long so see because I thought it was like I don't know. They almost lead us to believe in one instance that like that was only with the carpenter for like five minutes, but she had been dragging on this affair for a long time. Well, that's the thing. It's like, I. Yeah, because it, they, it's not like she was dating the carpenter. It was just sex. So, well, no, she, but, but Bet didn't sleep with Candace till after the miscarriage. Yes, that I know. But what I'm saying is that from the time Tina found out to the time that stopped, there was some months of time that that affair was still going on. Yeah. Like, but you could have done better in that regard. Much better. 
that just wasn't your finest look. Yeah, and I think, and I think also what we see a lot in this episode is for the first time, Bet has to accept the consequences of her actions. Yeah, which is difficult for her. But and she's not. I don't think that she's. I think she's accepting it. She's frustrated and angry because she obviously loves Tina, and we know that she loves Tina so much, and like she never want like she never really intent she didn't intentionally hurt tina like that wasn't her goal well but i i also think bet is just used to like even if she fucks up she can just quickly rectify it and move on and this is oh, one of yeah. the first times in her probably adult life that she wasn't able to just kind of say like you know it's all going to be fine we can move forward like there's this very long gap of time between her before her and tina are even in an okay place yeah before they can like be even in the same room and so what we also find out this episode is that like the planet has closed temporarily because marina is gone and in the hospital and so they they have to go to what i assume is like the off-brand starbucks (laughs) under what is it nirvana brew or coffee or something yeah and so um and a character i always forget about is tanya Thank God Tanya showed up to order them that coffee. <laughs> I always forget about her. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Alice and Dana still have like this sexual tension going on because they kissed the end of season one. And I I really enjoy like the buildup to their relationship in this season. I will say that's like one of the more positive things that we see this season. It was so good. And I think like that whole, like them having their rules and them trying to fight it. Mm-hmm. it was just so it was it was really well done it, it had a really good angst for us in the background of everything else that was going on in the episode in in the season and Kate Menig is just a baby like seeing her in this episode she is so young like just looks like an infant oh Keep yeah I thought her. the same I was like damn like she's just so Shane's just come so far and not far at all yeah exactly but like in this scene in in this episode such a baby face yes um yeah there, there's not a ton otherwise well towards the end of the episode we'll get into when um dana and tanya talk to dana's parents mm-hmm. like the biggest homophobes in this whole show um are they more homophobic than david was in season three pretty close tie i mean they tried to erase the fact that dana was even a lesbian by the time we get to her funeral so okay that's very fair actually okay that's very fair we will have to do a homophobic poll and see who everyone (laughs) right um furthermore one of the more confusing and just weird like plot lines of this this season is how last episode Ivan invited Kit to like, here's a key to my apartment. Come by any time. You're more than welcome. So then when Kit did exactly that, Ivan flipped. Doesn't want yeah. to see Kit anymore. Doesn't want anything to do with her. Does agree to like come in as a business partner for the planet. But like, other than that, they're not going to have any sort of relationship and again it's it's just interesting to see how things unfold because we find out later that Ivan was actually in a relationship that whole time that he was with Kit it's so messy yeah it is it causes so much bad conversation too because like 
nowadays you would think like someone like a character like Ivan would probably be written as trans yeah and then but then like in this in the OG god bet bet always is like to kill that's like that that that's a girl like you can't be with a girl but like well no if I you know it doesn't Kit could fall in love you fall in love with the person not the not not the gender right well and it's um it's shoot what was I just gonna say oh it brought me back to the the like quote that always comes up from Jennifer about which character from the show would you take she says Ivan I had to think about that one I I thought about that the minute um Kelly Lynch's name came up on the screen in the credits I was like oh Ivan and Jennifer being in love with Ivan (laughs) um one of the things that I do like about this episode, one of the scenes is with Bette and James in the dis- like the art display that's behind Bette that says, so very sorry. I think that that is like one way that they do kind of um, use art in a profound way in the original series. Like doing things like that really stands out. But I did not notice that like the first time I watched the show, it's yeah. kind of like after you watch the episodes again, you catch on to the smaller details. Yeah, I think also in season two, in in the next few episodes, when Joyce and Tina go to the house, mm-hmm. um, someone pointed out on Twitter, like the, and I'm sure other people noticed this, but like the painting in the living room is literally of a blonde woman that looks just like Tina. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. And so Beth is searching for an apartment for Tina, and you know wants her to live somewhere nice, and then her lawyer comes in and says that she got a call from Tina's lawyer that, you know. Bet puts the pieces together that she is like seeking out separation and divorce um advice so painful I noticed while I was watching this is like this is why I can't watch the show because I literally just freak out it's I just like start getting like chest pains I get emotional over either how beautiful Jennifer is or how beautiful Laurel is or how painful the storyline is that they're not together I know I was like this is why I can't rewatch the show because it literally causes me so much emotional and physical pain <laughs> yes yes i i agree um the next scene that we see is jenny in school she's in this like writing course and oh jenny 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 she has like just such the most you know um unique storyline of she's camp characters yes she is this is, I think this is the episode where we get our first flashback of her at the carnival. Is this the first carnival flashback? We do uh, have a carnival flashback in this episode, but I can't remember if it's the first or not. I think it might be. It might be, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Do we get the flashback this episode or does she just talk about it? No, when she's in class and she's writing, they go into a black and white flashback of her at the carnival. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Which I really want to go through and and cut all the carnival footage and put it together in one little short film. Mm, okay. Next scene that we see is um, Carmen on the set of this music video filming and Shane shows up and basically tells her that like she's sorry and she just wants to have sex. Yeah. Best and then they go and like have sex and then Carmen gets called on the radio. Yeah. And then Shane says that she like is held up that evening because she's got to go get a lap dance for her friend. <laughs> yeah. Such a Shane thing to say. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, Kit has to confront Ivan out at his cabin. And again, Ivan is like super standoffish, doesn't want to speak to Kit, doesn't want to see Kit. Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blah. how do become a lesbian with fifty thousand dollars extra in the bank like i who can like write a check for fifty thousand dollars and not not be concerned as a mechanic nonetheless what what exactly does ivan have going on i mean i think i, this, I think the, the place is his i think he's the owner of that shop but nonetheless there must be some other dealings he's must be you know what i see ivan ivan's probably someone that does well in the stock market yeah, right. he seems like a stock market kind of guy right um yeah so bet confronts alice she's not very pleased about her giving advice to tina to go see a lawyer and basically says to stay the fuck out of it one thing i took away from that scene was that tina is so messy and I feel yeah. like that's kind of like a headcanon that everyone had, like that <laughs> Tina was probably really messy, like before yeah. Bet and her started dating and living together. And then she slowly became like a clean and organized person because of Bet. Yeah. Cause I don't think we never see any insight that she's messy otherwise. This is the only. No. And to be fair, I mean, they are dealing with a very small space. She's used to having a lot of her own space. Yeah. So but I, but I feel like Tina gives off like messy, chaotic vibes yeah especially season one tina where you like you really see her and like just like her like very laid back type of way yeah you can see in this episode that bet is trying her hardest to try to like put some of the pieces of her life back together and like everywhere she turns she just she can't no she just keeps like batting zero yeah she takes two step forward one step back and it's not helping yeah and Tanya like manages to get Dana's parents on board with the fact that they're engaged and they're going to get married. And Tanya tells the story about how she was engaged to a man because that's Dana's mom's thing is like, you're both so beautiful. Like you could be with any man. And she's like, I don't want to be with a man. And let me tell you the story about how I was engaged to a man and he set me free. And so, but again, what we know later is that Dana's parents still end up being pieces of shit. Yeah, but just like what an awful I hate people. I hate straight. Oh, you're too pretty to be gay. What the fuck does that even mean? Honestly. I'm pretty to be gay. What so women are put on this earth for men? No. <laughs> um one of the things that I noticed in this scene between Jenny and Robin, I I really like because of Jenny's character having such a bad rap. I don't think that we talk about enough about how beautiful Mia Kirshner is. Like she is such a beautiful woman. Just, just and I think in that, this this scene when she has like her hair pulled back, like you just see more of her face. And this is really before she turns into kind of like the like conniving sort of sneaky Jenny. Mm-hmm. So I can appreciate it a little bit more, but um, yeah, she doesn't quite have her crazy eyes yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but then we see more of this like angst with. Dana and Alice and like the fact that Dana's still planning to go through with the wedding and Alice like clearly has feelings for Dana and what I also like about this episode is like Shane catches on at dinner before anyone else knows Shane's always always good at that Shane always knows when when her friends are fucking each other yeah exactly it's so true (laughs) um 
yeah so we jenny like break things off with robin after they have this like hang out with robin's friends and i don't personally think that jenny did anything wrong in this situation i feel like she was being i feel like robin had a higher expectation on their relationship than jenny ever did yeah and jenny was right to end it when she did yeah exactly before anyone else like i think she ended it soon enough before anyone could really get hurt yeah yeah so they're at this restaurant and this is also a favorite of mine about how they film the table um scene yeah very clever yeah Beth's coming in to get takeout at the same restaurant that they're at and then this is just like another again another scene where we see like Beth is trying so hard to keep it together but like she is like you said dealing with the consequences of her actions like had it been six months prior she would have been at dinner with all of them they also yeah. would have been going to the strip club to get tina a lap dance but maybe i could i would love to have seen them though as a couple like going to a strip club like maybe bet found out like tina never had a lap dance and like even though bet's like really like possessive of her it would have been funny but where if they went together yeah and they had like a joint lap dance or something <laughs> I, don't know. I think that would have i think that would have got off on the fact that like seeing tina uncomfortable in the strip club i think that would have thought that was would have been enjoyed would have enjoyed that yeah really really enjoyed Beth's look in um in the restaurant when she's in that like white blazer with the like pink yeah like a pink silky top I did pause and I said Jennifer is so hot Beth oh my god it's so hot like I did pause (laughs) I acknowledged it out loud yeah and then I kept watching (laughs) yeah um and Shane runs out to see Beth and is is you know stating obvious she's a child of divorced mothers it sucks shane is team tibet through and through always and will uh-huh. always will be yep and her and all, all their friends are put in a really uncomfy situation here right um yeah when they're at the strip club and tina's getting the lap dance they say that line about like oh she kind of looks like bet that woman does not look like bet at all not look like bet at all that woman looks nothing like bet <laughs> biggest joke when we see more of the angst of dana and alice in the bathroom mm-hmm. and then also like the again just one of the like more quirky again i feel like sort of aspects of the show is when we think that it's marina's dad they kit and bet think it's marina's dad that's coming to like sell yeah. that planet but it's actually her husband like, like where is this comedy in gen q in how did maria ju- marina juggle all of these relationships well he was always in italy working and then she had the the francesca in, in la yeah and then jenny's on the side and the jenny on the side because then francesca would be off doing her little fashion thing that that was marina's thing she had to get people that had a lot of business trips yeah they had a lot of money and were gone on business a lot you're so right and yeah ivan agrees to go in on the planet and they meet with marina's husband and marina's husband's like super critical about americans yeah um yeah and we also have this scene that francesca forgot about (laughs) <laughs> i never remember watching that i uh, but then again i would w- <laughs> i would watch the l word some nights like i would drink while i was watching <laughs> so if it was like if i maybe watched season one into season two by the time i got to episode two i could have been you know two sheets to the wind at that point i don't know 
<laughs> I did watch it like on because for a while it was like my Friday Saturday show mm-hmm. I was obviously going through something I'd be like okay I'm gonna watch it Friday and Saturdays I'd make me a little drink and then once I got like really hooked I mean I was really hooked in season one but once I was like oh no shit like I really need to pay attention then I was like I need to watch this every night till 5 a.m oh, and yeah. then I you know zoom through it but I think I think the beginning of season two was still part of me having a little drinky drink watch I I really enjoy the last scene of Bet and Shane and Jenny I think that it's one of the better group scenes that we see throughout the series and I also feel like Bet is like finally at a point where she has no other choice but to be vulnerable and yeah. we don't get to see her like that a ton throughout the show no, I think um, when, when I watched it, I basically said, I was like, oh, it's the Lonely Hearts Club. Yeah, yeah, totally. And um, Bet looks sexy smoking a cigarette. And <laughs> they talk a lot about casual sex. And I think, you know, Tina changed Bet and Bet can't go back to who she was mm-hmm. ever. No. Since yeah, in, some, in some ways she was like Shane is now, right? Prior to Tina, she was just doing whatever she wanted breaking hearts left and right yeah um and then this is also when we see that jenny and shane are going to be roommates which goes on for the duration of the series and that was a really smart move uh it pulled shane closer to like you know to the to the group um with that you know next door and stuff so that was smart and it added a nice dynamic with Jenny. It brought Jenny into the friend group even more, which then I was thinking about, I was like, wow, like we're in season two and Bet's inviting Jenny over for a beer. And by season four, Bet's like, fuck Jenny Schechter. <laughs> like, I don't fucking know her. <laughs> Our love-hate relationship, always. Yeah. Because again, I think like Jenny was a part of the friend group, but I think in a way that Bet with the Gen Q characters, like Bet and the Gen Q characters are not going to be friends except for like, Danny and stuff yeah um where I think Jenny was just able to slide in to possibly be Beth's friend but then it more so just became like the acquaintance who Jenny is friends with all her friends so by association she has to deal with Jenny yeah exactly because I kind of get bet on a spiritual level of like I'm just too old for the bullshit yeah so yeah so yeah that was um that was the episode that was the episode I I I miss doing this I miss watching the episodes and reviewing them I think it there's a lot to think about now I think now that we've come now even with Gen Q and seeing them reunite and get married in season three of Gen Q I think we could pull a lot back and forward yeah for sure and And I could we could watch with ease we don't have to worry about if they're going to end up together because they have ended up together well, that's the thing I realized when I was watching it is like, there's not this, it, when we were reviewing it live, there was like this pressure that we had to put up. We had to watch it. We had to watch it thoroughly. And we had to like pick up any sort of clues that we could about like what the future held for Tibet. Now we know it's just that we don't know if there's any going to be anything else beyond season three. Yeah. Will there be a season four? I I feel very hopeful that there'll be a season four. I feel like I feel like right now they're just working through some some details. I, I know nothing, but that's just what's going on in my head. Yeah. Yeah. So, so thank you for listening. Yep. Yeah. 
and we'll be back at some point again with our next review. <laughs> we're going to try to be consistent. I don't know. I think what happens is we're like, we're going to record on Sunday nights and then Sunday morning rolls around and it's like, oh, we forgot we planned a whole busy day. Yeah. Well, I'm just dead by the weekend. I, I really am just doing my best to try to make it to Monday. So um, yeah, I made the mistake of going back to school for a little bit. That's almost done. It was just an eight week course. So once that frees up, I'll have a little bit more time in my life. Okay. But I did, I did, like I did tell you, Francesca, I felt I'm just, everything has been very busy. So I'm feeling like less pressure is on the way. Good. Mind you, pressure that I put on myself. No one told me to sign up for that class. I I know. I didn't even know you were doing it. You're like, I'm in a class now. And I was like, oh. Yeah, I'll be done in two weeks. So cool. And you know what? It's also coming up. We'll probably have another episode before before this happens. But our our Montreal year anniversary is coming up. Yeah. Well, look at look at our piercings. Yep. I don't have mine in right now. What I get? Oh, I got my ears pierced. Yeah, I don't have them in right now. How's yours feeling? I think I think we finally we finally made it. Good. It's definitely um I a few months ago I know I didn't want to jinx it, but a few months ago I noticed that um it was it was let it it was less red all the time and it finally was like less bumpy and I think the scarring tissue and everything finally broke down and like we're we're a little bit smooth and sometimes my hair catches it or mm-hmm. I do clean it aggressively every day because of the hair product in my hair rubbing against it but I think you know we're at the year mark I think it's gonna finally be healed and they do say it can take up to a year they did. I remember walking out there. He was like, in six months, it should be pretty good. But he's like, it's not going to fully heal, heal for a year. And I was like, a year? I said, damn. And here we are a year later. And I survived. Yeah. It's almost been a year since Montreal. And in like three months, we'll be coming to New York to see you in um, attend Pride. Yes. Very excited. Yeah. We'll be in matching shirts. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that shirt's going to look like, but we're going to be in matching shirts. I'm just thinking of some of the, <laughs> some of the, the makeups that were, some of the submissions that were put out there of possible creation. I, uh... <laughs> all right. So until next time, this is All Things Podcast. I'm Brittany. I'm Francesca. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>